from CSG Studios high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody? Entangled in the Interweb CSG podcast is back. Ross, hipsters, glasses, Martin trying to make his way back here from Houston. Still trying to figure out if he's faster than James Harden or if he can draw rim unlike Jameer Nelson. But making his way all the way down here from Thornton, we got the king himself, Jeff Morton. What's up, everybody? Uh, how's everyone doing? Uh, God, it's been, the weather has been unbelievable here in Colorado. So I've been like outside every day. And so you're open with talking about the f- weather, Jeff? Yeah, th- okay, I'm almost 40. This is what we do. Oh God. Um, <laughs> Lowest common denominator. It has been really nice. The weather has been killer. Um, Have you been experiencing the weather, Nathan? Yeah, but I'm not I'm not going to be used to the heat. It got up to like 60 the other day, and it felt horrible. And then it got up to like, what, about 80, and it was even worse. And it's like I, I just know what's coming, and that's the 100. What's the triple digits <laughs> is on the way at some if point. If it's 100 in March... Then uh, the evidence of global warm- global warming will be supreme, and people will have to start believing it. Yeah, you know, it hasn't been hot. The Nuggets zero and two in their last two against the Houston Rockets, but they did win four straight before that. We'll dig into yes, plenty did. of nuggety topics. Nuggety topics. Uh, I don't really have anything else besides Nuggets to talk about. So maybe we'll dive into those <laughs> topics we'll right just now. Just talk about the Nuggets. Is- we don't prepare, so. So I, I was tweeting out earlier today a bunch of just interesting stats. Not interesting, probably pointless ones, but just looking at Denver's numbers without guys like Chandler, Gallo, Drell Arthur, some of the numbers on, you know, Jameer Nelson playing 30-plus minutes. And it's just so funny. The last two games, Denver plays Houston, a team that is, you know, a, a title contender of sorts. You know, if Houston's ever going to win a title, this might be their year. And the Nuggets hang with him for two games without Darrell Arthur, uh, pretty much without Kenneth Fareed. For the, you know, what do he play? A couple minutes here and there? He only played 10 minutes last night. Yeah, so, you know, you don't get a huge contribution from Fareed, no yeah. Arthur, no Gallinari, no Chandler. Uh, it kind of tells me that, you know, the kids are going to be all right. Yeah, and, you know, in fact, uh, I was just telling Scott Hastings this. I just did it right before this. I just did a radio interview with him. And I was telling him that on altitude, on altitude, nine fifty a.m. dial. Um, I told him that you know that people should be encouraged because they they hung with the, the 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 Rockets on a defensive game and a non-defensive game. These games were the like two polar opposites. They played Houston's game in the second game, and they still should have won the game. They got pretty lucky in the first one, too, with, with Houston. They missed a lot of shots. Houston yeah. was 1 of 11 from 3 at one point in, in time half. in that game. Yeah. So, I mean, Denver really kind of you know didn't really get Houston's best shot. That was the second of a back-to-back for the Rockets after a, a hard-fought game the night before. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, they have a day of rest. They go to Houston, and they play more of a Houston-y type game of, you know, call it offense only if you want. But, you know, both teams can play de- decent defense. Um, but yeah, they, they again the the bugaboo of both those Rockets game was a uh, an overall picture of the Nuggets season, right? They just can't figure out a way to execute in close game situations. Well, I th- whether it's plays yeah. or whether it's even the coach, they can't get proper play calls in the end of these games. I think the, the, this is the way I put. I, I'm thinking about this. Jokic right didn't get a shot to win it in either contest. Your best player doesn't yeah. touch the ball on the final possession for either game winner well let's let's focus on this uh first first game first okay (laughs) let's focus on the end sequence of the first game similar to what james harden did in uh the second game will barton catches a rebound goes down court has a chance to get the game tying shot and is at the rim and misses it uh Will Barton in that game was, what, 2 for 13, something like that? Yeah, something around there. Was not a good shooting night, but I don't necessarily blame the thinking on it because you saw it the next night, you know? And and you can't fault a a layup attempt, right? You can't fault a a shot in the paint where it's... Not at all. Barton's a pretty damn good finisher by all accounts. Even if he's going cold, like, you know, you're going to shoot at the rim, it's still going to be a 60% shot or whatever the hell the, the percentage is from there can't really fault that 
you know, again, you're wanting to push the pace and maybe try to get a look when the Rockets' defense isn't set up. But again, you know, you you, you kind of question, you know, why why isn't Jokic involved in something right there? Why didn't you take a yeah. timeout? Why do you rush something? But whatever, it's in the flow of the game. It happens. It, this is this is one of those things that it's like, and, and this leads into the second game. The Rock, the Nuggets have a good defensive possession. There's 28 seconds left. Uh, I think Harden misses a shot. Jameer gets the rebound, goes back out. I'm completely unaware at this point in time, too, because I, I, as I'm watching the game, I'm unaware of the time situation. So when Harden goes down and hits that layup, I look down at the clock, and I'm like, wait a minute, there's only two and a half seconds left? <laughs> wait a minute, what the hell just, what did I just watch? What did I just watch? Like the Nuggets, that was their final <laughs> possession? Their final offensive possession got them a Jameer Nelson fall away? <laughs> Jumper? Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. I saw that, and I saw the rebound, and Jameer went up the court. Now, immediately is when I saw Jameer get the ball, I knew he was going to shoot it. I, well, I have to interject this story. So I've, I've turned my uh, my buddy, he, who's a diehard Lakers fan. He came to a Denver Stiffs night out wearing all Lakers gear during a Nuggets-Thunder <laughs> playoff game. And as soon as he walked in the door here at Jake Sports and Spirits, I wanted to punch him in the face. I, I was like, how are you going to be so disrespectful as to wear Lakers gear to a Nuggets-Thunder game? at jake's in denver and he was decked out so you know he's a diehard kobe fan but i've, I've kind of transformed him into uh he calls Jokic, uh jokic jokic he, he can't pronounce his name yeah but he's turned into a huge Jokic fan so he's he's even he traded for him on nba 2k and he's been watching some nuggets games with me and last night we're watching the game and on that possession jeff that you're alluding to the the nelson Jokic. uh are they trying to do a pick and roll or a pick and pop in that situation? Whatever, a two-man game between Jokic and, and Nelson. Yeah. As soon as Nelson gets the ball, my buddy goes, he's going to shoot. Yeah. He's only watched a handful of Nuggets games, and he knows when Nelson gets the ball in those situations that he's not even looking to get rid of it. He's looking to shoot yeah. it and be the hero. And, and Nelson's mistake was not initiating the offense earlier, okay? There was a – I mean, if you're going to shoot, if you're going to shoot – Shoot with 10 seconds left on the clock, okay? Leave yourself enough time to come back and get, or, or something like that. Leave, there was no time. Well, no matter the time in that situation, Houston's going to hold it for the last shot. No they they are, but, I mean, at least you're still up one, right? Like, trying to get a good shot is what you're saying. Yeah. Initiate the offense earlier and get your best shot. Get your best shot. Don't dribble the air out of the ball, which is what he did. And then wait till four seconds left on the clock to to toss up a contested shot for that you would think he was being guarded by Nene. And it was just like, it, it was bad. And I will say this. I don't necessarily agree that they needed a timeout there. In that situation, I think Michael Malone would probably do it the same way and have the ball in the veteran point guard's hands, trusting him to make the best decision. It turned out Demir made the wrong decision. Which is which is how this goes. But I would also like to point out something that you had said um, about Jameer's shot, if you would like to. Like yeah, to if this. you actually are an NBA player and hit the <laughs> effing rim, if you hit that, if you hit the rim, the, the Nuggets were not. Gary Harris was cut, slashing to the hoop when he saw when he saw. Uh, Jameer shot, so like here's, he knew it was going to be short. And here's what likely would have happened. Yeah, and that was the that was the major problem on that shot was you have, you know, your best defender, the guy that's been guarding Harden all night, is now underneath and out of the play. I mean, he's behind. He's behind uh, Harden the entire way. Yeah, uh, Gary Harris, and, and that was that was a major problem with that. It just it, it was the perfect air ball that allowed Harden to just take it and race up floor. So let's say Jameer hits iron on that. It's more than likely if Houston gets a rebound, do they have timeouts? They probably take a timeout there and drop a play yeah. for Harden, right? Yeah. So then you have a chance of, you know, you can live or die with a James Harden game winner if you're the Nuggets. Which set is, your defense, yeah. Yeah, you're going to get a set defense, whatever. Uh, you know, that, that fails to happen. I'm thinking now of, you know, famous air balls, right? NC State. <laughs> air yeah. balls it, puts it back in. Well, it, it, uh, Kobe Bryant air balls a shot. Ron Artest is there to yeah. throw it back in against the Suns. Yeah. And, and this air ball results in a, a James Harden. I mean, he literally, I, I went back and looked at the replay just to make sure that Harden didn't step out of bounds. He was that far away from the Nuggets hoop at the time of collecting that rebound. Yes. His, he was under the hoop. His One of his feet, <laughs> his toes were up. Had his heel come down, he might have gone out of bounds. I mean, that's he went the entire distance of the floor. All 90 feet? 
in a matter of, you know, what, probably six dribbles. And <laughs> it, the, the weirdest thing about this whole situ- sequence is, like, you had Gary Harris guarding guarding uh, uh, James Harden. So they're both cutting to the – well, not guarding, but Harden is on, on – uh, Gary Harris. Harris is cutting to the hoop because he sees that that uh, Jameer's shot's going to be short. Harden cuts in ahead of him, right? So it, it becomes like Harden's got the ball. As you pointed out, though, that even grazes the rim. It maybe bounces to Gary Harris. <laughs> yeah. And it may be... It, Rick, look at it this way. There was By that point, there was like six seconds left. It, there's a scramble for the ball. It takes more seconds off the clock. It, the entire scenario changes if that ball draws some iron. The entire scenario changes, even if it's a miss. I can't think of the name of the movie, but there was an old uh, mob movie where Robert De Niro plays a bus driver. Oh, yeah. And his son is, like, hanging out with the mob guy, but also oh, hanging out with him. Uh, Brooklyn, uh, no, uh, I know that movie. Bronx Tale. Bronx Tale, yeah. There's a line in that movie where this guy named Mush says, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no, no luck, luck at all. all. Yep. And honestly, that's kind of the Nuggets scenario. So the, the Nuggets in, in games decided by five points or less are 6-12 and 12 on the season. That's only a 33% win percentage. And Denver's 0-3 in overtime this year. They haven't played an overtime game since November the 25th. Oh. On the flip side, the Blazers are 9-13 and 13 in games decided by five or less. So not only have they won a few more games, they've been in a few more close games. And they're also 4-5 and five in overtime games, and they've had some overtime games recently. The Wizards, the Hawks, uh, a game against the Celtics. They've had more close game scenarios than the Nuggets, and they've, you know, obviously they have Lillard and, and CJ who have a little more experience than some of Denver's players. But you would think at some point in time, you know, okay, so let's say Denver, a couple of things. Let's say Denver takes a timeout in that scenario. <laughs> they had a... a out of timeout play on the next possession, which Michael Malone drew up a uh, lob to Mason Plumley. Yes, <laughs> with no one to set a screen for him on the play, so James Harden didn't even have to avoid a screen to try to stay with him defensively. Well, they set the screen in the wrong area because they wanted they they had they had Plumley setting a screen and then trying to get free, rather than someone trying to set a screen for Plumley. Right. It was this, it was I, you, if you watch the sequence. You will see. I forget who who's. I think it was Gary Harris, and Gary Harris was running one way and and uh, was running like towards the uh, sideline to the baseline towards Jokic, and Plumlee was running away from him and it was going to curl back. Plumlee is the one who ended up like trying to bump off uh, Harden on that and uh, or, or whoever I think it was yeah, uh, uh, Ariza or something like no, that. He tried trying to Harden and he trying to bump that off. It was completely re- reversed. You needed someone else to set that screen yes. so Plumlee can get to the basket. And so, so, it, so it just was completely mismanaged from the very beginning. So the Nuggets, they don't take a timeout. They get the Nelson shot. Um, had they draw, Could they have drawn up a, a good out-of-bounds play? Malone's history this season in close games has been uh, dicey at best. Um, you know he sucks and in, then in close games. The, the other problem, you know, we can banter about should Jameer have taken that shot or not. The problem is that Jameer feels comfortable taking that shot because this is a team, once again, that does not have a pecking order and a team where, by all accounts, Jameer Nelson is a leader of this team. So in Jameer's eyes, there's no problem with him taking that shot because this is his team, right? He's a starting point guard. He's beaten out Moutier for the job. He's been handed the keys to this offense. He understands that the offense runs best through Jokic, but chooses to ignore that from time to time. Yeah. And it's... Uh, Some of that... Okay, well, let me ask you something. Let me just throw this out there. Would you prefer that scenario, or would you prefer Moutier potentially turning the ball over? I prefer Jamal Murray. And that's the conundrum. <laughs> let's, let's... I mean, I don't, I don't want to say... I mean, Jameer's been good. I, as I pointed out on Twitter, in, in games where Jameer's played 30-plus minutes, the Nuggets are 18-12, and 12, which is shocking. Yeah. But maybe not that shocking <laughs> at the well, same he's, time. He's, he's, he, he simply... Well, maybe that should tell you how bad Moutier was as a starting point guard. And, I've, I, you know, I've really liked the season from Jameer. He's obviously had a good shooting season. The only thing is with him, it's like, dude, just take the open shots. Yeah. You're not a off ball, you're not a on ball creator anymore to mm-hmm. get your own shot. Like, 
don't do that. And my my biggest problem, age. yeah, yeah, and we're just kind of, yeah, I don't know. It, but, but the bigger problem is, as you were talking about with the uh, with the final play, the Nuggets with two was it two point six seconds left? Two point six seconds. So that's enough time 2. to 4, maybe me. get two dribbles in yeah. and a shot, or even a, a, enough time to throw in a pass and then look for another pass and maybe get a shot. Or I don't something. know why they went for the lob. That was that was strange because. You, if you have like if you have Jamal Murray out there, you can get a, a long distance shot going. And you're trying to you're trying to catch him off guard because yeah. you don't need that shot in that scenario. So maybe you're hoping that the Rockets aren't looking for that defensively. But again, you know James Harden had no one impede him on the play, so he was just able to run with Plumlee the whole time. It wasn't a perfect pass. It was obviously it just it didn't work. And you know I again the thing with that is there has to be so much to go. Uh, too much has to go right on that play. You have to execute a perfect inbound lob pass from how far away is that? 50 feet? I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's from... Probably uh, about 50 feet. No, no. it's probably, no, 40 no, to 50 feet? No, because it was right... Uh, it was probably uh, about 28 feet. Probably right around there. So you have to have a perfect lob but from it's still a long 30 lob. feet, yeah. whatever it is. You know, you have to have a perfect lob play. You have to have Plumlee run the perfect... Uh, way to the rim, you have to have the perfect catch and the dunk. Like, there's just too much that has to go right. To where, let's say Plumlee throws the ball in to Jokic somewhere around the elbow. Jokic turns around and takes a jumper. Well, let me let me <laughs> throw this out there, and this is something that people probably didn't catch. Before the play was run, there were some, the altitude was showing the Nuggets huddle. Oh, I was watching that intently because I was like, who's it? And did you look, see Mason Plumley walk over and look at and, and like make this incredulous face? Like what? I didn't see that. It was it was right before they they came out and and then then he kind of nodded his head and went out to out to the court. I don't. I, if you, you're you going, could tell though that you could see Barton Plumley and Jokic were kind of involved and in what was going on. So it was like okay, it's something for one of these three guys. Yeah. And then when I saw Jokic inbounding, I was like. <laughs> I think Jesus. I think if you're going to run a, 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 an out of bounds play like that, if you're going to run a like a lob, it has to be in a in a different context. It has to be like with no time left or whatever, like a point something where you need that sort of thing. Their 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 problem was they needed someone who was a more reliable shooter. I mean, yeah, getting a lob for Plumlee is great, but Plumlee hasn't been that great on lobs this year with the Nuggets. And yeah, you're I, gonna throw a lob to a guy with short arms. Yeah, he's got the T-Rex arms. He's not gonna be able, like Fareed would have been able to reach wherever that ball was. And, yeah, like if you'd have put Fareed in there and ran that play, they probably win the game. <laughs> you guys, you guys didn't see this, but I was I kind of shrugged at Nate. <laughs> That's the only answer I had at that point. Yeah, I mean, but when when you really think about it, it is just one of those situations that was completely completely botched and so that that scenario was was botched now can we talk about the well, I want to stay kind of with this point well go ahead well, no, can we ask? talk about the uh, the James Harden 90 foot thing where Nene grabs I think who did he grab Jameer Nelson Jameer Nelson the illegal screen was what it was but the fact is no one else stood in front of of Harden I was also curious too. I'm like, where's the you know who's who's LeBron James on this team? Who's going for the pin the ball against the glass block? Yeah, you know, and, and if you watch the play again, Jokic realizes he doesn't really have a chance and kind of lets up uh, somewhere around the three point line. Yeah, uh, I think Wancho is in chase down mode, but he really couldn't get there. Or Barton, where was Gary Harris? Harris was trailing the play the whole way, trying yeah. to get back involved. Um, that was a strange scenario. Will Barton get caught in no man's land trying to either pick between defending the corner three? The screen is what really got Harden open right above the free three-point line. That's that's what really got made the seize part, right? But at the same time, there was opportunities to get in front of Harden long before that from people who were, like, in the backcourt. And I think that Well, that that's the was, other problem with that kind of shot. I mean, the, the fact that that shot airballed, Set up for the transition exactly, and and, and and as I pointed out, because it didn't allow for the Nuggets to ha- to get guys back yeah. behind that play. If the ball hits the rim, there's a scramble for the ball, and there's Harden doesn't have time 
to go all the way down to yeah. the to the end of Houston's the Houston's going to have yeah. to take a timeout, or they're going to have to throw up a you know half court shot. Exactly, and it's just it's one of those it's one of those things that it it's was bu- a bad mush. decision. It was a bad decision by Jameer. It, it was akin to what he did in the uh, the uh, what was it the Timberwolves game in in Minnesota, where he <laughs> it's just was probably the worst I've ever seen Jameer Nelson. So, so anyway. here's here's another question. Um, Carmelo Anthony's rookie season with the Nuggets. Denver is in a playoff dogfight. I think that they were battling for the postseason with the Golden State Warriors at the time. I think that was the team that was battling with Denver. Could be mistaken. But the Nuggets wind up playing the Blazers on the last game of the season at Pepsi Center. If they win, they go to the playoffs. The last shot of that game was drawn up for Carmelo Anthony, a rookie that hit a game winner. Nikola Jokic is the franchise player on this team. We've had two games now. We've had, Actually, I mean, look at every close game Denver's had. How many last second shot attempts has Nikola Jokic had? It's like, uh, here, here's, a, here's a way to look at it. Would the Lakers ever run, or would the Rockets ever run, or any team with a star player, would they ever have that star player inbounding the ball in that scenario? Like, when are you gonna when are you gonna allow Jokic to sink or swim well, this team? Well, let me let me put this this way. Remember 2013 when Gallo hit all those clinching shots? Had, I think he had like hit the 10, Hawks fade away. Yeah, in the corner. I mean, for, he had two years where he was basically Mister Mister Clutch, basically. When after his year away, Brian Shaw had Gallo inbounding the ball all the on every clutch situation, basically. Um, and it didn't make any sense. Well, the Nuggets kind of had – that's the, what, the way I looked at Jokic inbounding the ball. It's like eh. – but, you know, Jokic doesn't exactly have a, a – what you would call a history of – no one knows if he could do it. You know, like I don't think he's even attempted a uh, game-winning shot. So – Isn't that a problem? It's, it's one of those – how long? How many games have the Nuggets had that opportunity? How many was that? There's six and twelve in games decided by six five or less. So, and a its, lot of those were own, in the first week of the season, <laughs> first month of the season. Yeah. So. so I mean, on its own, there's 18 games there where you've had some opportunities, but and, and I'm sure they've. Uh, we're probably misremembering. Maybe there has been some opportunities there, but but my thing is when you have Jokic inbounding the ball, that immediately takes that threat completely away for the Rockets defense. Well, I don't you know I don't know what the thinking is and it it it, it Okay, if if Gallo's there last night, he's the one inbounding the ball. Right. Scenario is different. Isn't Plumlee a capable passer? Isn't that why they traded for him? Plumlee is too. Shouldn't Plumlee be inbounding the ball in that specific scenario last night to Jokic? Well, I mean, if you're wanting someone to throw a lob, you have to give the ball to your best passer, right? Yeah, but why the f- Hell, or would you be throwing a lob in that scenario? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> like, I what's a what's a better scenario? Living and dying with a Jokic mid ranger that he's hitting it. You know, he's one of the best in the league at, at in the mid range, four to nine feet. Anyway, could I, you get it in that close, or would you rather a low percentage lob pass? I'll like, say this. play the percentages here. I'll say this: whoever drew up the play and it looked like it was Malone botched it. Okay, there was there was. His reasoning for whatever he did, it was botched. But I also want to see on that play, because Barton was also involved in the conversation, I need to go back and watch it and figure out if Jokic had more options or if he just had the one option. If it Was it just, we're throwing this lob or look for the lob if it's not there? And honestly, when you see Plumlee running towards the rim with James Harden there, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll throw it up there because he should be able to get here. But again, yeah, it, it would just, be interesting, but I, I, everyone seemed to, it seemed like a design play. With the way they were running those screens. Which is stupid. Again, why are you designing plays to not go to your best players in in-the-game situations? I, I, I'll, it, it doesn't seem to make sense. I would have, if, if I'm going to have um, Nikola Jokic inbound the ball, I'm going to have him passing in a tight spot to Jamal Murray. But doesn't Jokic as well on that, on that last play? Doesn't he need to not the, not the lob play, but the play before where Jameer takes the air ball? Doesn't Jokic need to demand the ball back from Jameer in that scenario? Like that's the point that he needs to get to next. Is saying, "Hey, I don't give a shit if you're a respected veteran on this team. To, you're 36. I, give me the ball." I think they were wanting to do a pick and roll with him and Jokic. It, it, as 
Yeah, they were. Going, yeah, and it looked like that. But Jameer just did, that was Jameer. I mean, let's let's put put the scenario where it is right there. That was Jameer's mistake. Jameer is the one who decided to do hero ball right there. That that's not on anyone but Jameer, uh, because it looked like they were going to do a one-five pick and roll with uh, with uh, Jokic. I will. That's why Nene was out on the out the top of the the key. Can Jokic shoot over Nene any day of the week? Nene is like six eight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You throw the ball into him. Jokic turns around, hits a you know, hits a. Little and he's jumper. ancient too. Um, God, dude, that just it just it, it pissed me off that they're does. not drawn up plays for Jokic. But let's we've been circling we've been circling the point without actually coming to it. Um. Michael Malone hasn't exactly acquitted himself very well in end-of-game situations. This has been a common thing going back to the beginning of the year. Going back to the second game of the season against the Blazers. Yes. So. And I think that everyone who's looking at that has, has got to have the same question everyone does. I like Michael Malone. I'm not going to, to spend a lot of time here bashing him, but I will say that he hasn't made himself very uh, he hasn't exactly acquitted himself very well in in these situations he's had a shitty season all the way around yeah and i i I still think he's suffering from the yips in in tight situations and i think that he was kind of relieved that jameer was taking control in the last 20 seconds because he didn't have to make that that drop that play (laughs) in the field but you know you then you have draw up one of the worst one of the worst plays I've ever seen for a last-second shot. And, it, I mean, whoever, who, who cares if Harden pushed Plumlee? They're never going to call that. It's like in the NFL if you were on the when, – like the Broncos did this with Peyton Manning all the time. You're on the one-yard line, it's third and goal, and you line up in the shotgun formation. It's like, just run the ball. I think in hindsight we all think, like, well, no, I would have done percentages. this. But I think there's some things that are obvious, and we've pointed out several times that – Jokic or whatever you're doing with Jokic. So let's, let's say let's uh, forget forget Jokic. Get a better play. <laughs> I know. Well, let's let's say that uh, Jokic shows a perfect lob and Plumlee catches it and smashes it down over Harden's head. We're sitting here praising Malone for drawing up such a a great trickery play, and Jokic is the god because he passes the ball so perfectly. And this new addition, Plumlee, just won us a game. I would have said they were lucky. Akin to (laughs) JaVale McGee tipping in a missed free throw against the Pistons and winning the Nuggets a game in his first contest in Denver. I remember that. Um, Um, No, I would have said they're lucky because the play design was awful. It was just awful. So let's move away from from these plays that we've been droning on about for a half hour and and, and let's dial in more on on the Nuggets' defense, which – I caught a quote from, I think it was Malone trying to sell season tickets in a commercial after the game last night where he said, hey, our defense is playing at the best it has all season, which is basically to say, hey, that crap I took isn't smelling too bad. <laughs> it's like the one the one yesterday smelled horrible. Today, not such a bad odor, but it's, guess what, still shit. Oh, my God. Uh, so You know this is going to, people are going to start quoting that on, on Twitter now. <laughs> should. Uh, the biggest problem, too, one of the bigger problems with the, with the Nuggets and something I see moving forward is, is Nikola Jokic's defense. And a thing with that is, and, and Jeff, I, I texted you this earlier. I said, can the Nuggets ever be a good team if Jokic never cares about defense? I think this is one of those lingering problems that people don't want to think about because he's so amazing in other areas. But it's like it's really obscured how bad he has been, particularly as the season has gone on. And if anyone has watched these these Houston games, they've noticed that Houston has attacked him in the pick and roll repeatedly. And people have said, like, no, the Nuggets could adjust by, you know, switching off and doing all this stuff. Houston found him wherever he was. They were targeting Nikola Jokic, and I think people don't want to don't want to think about it because I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, what was it that there was a quote that uh, Nikola Jokic had a couple couple games ago where he was talking about defense? Do you remember exactly what he said? No. It in Serbia. <laughs> you don't play defense. Defense plays you. Yakov <laughs> Smirnov. 
<laughs> I don't remember the quote. Okay. I'm not going to go as the, close as I can. Completely throw me off with the Yakov Smirnoff. Um, essentially, I, I, I'm going to get to the gist of it. Basically, he was saying he didn't really think that he needed to pay that much attention on that end. And you can't be a bad defensive team in the NBA, and the Nuggets are that right now. Can they fix that in the future? The only way to me that if Jokic is going to be your best player or, you know, player 1A of maybe 1B with Murray if if that scenario plays out or if Harris, you know, continue, continues to ascend, we, we keep patterning this, right? You look at every team and you say the Spurs worked because of Duncan and Popovich. This team worked because of this coach and this player. Are the Nuggets going to work if Jokic doesn't change his mindset about defense? And I'm going to say no. He, he has to care about defense, and he has to show that he cares because his teammates aren't going to care if he doesn't. It is, it is such a strange thing to watch it play out so dramatically. And I think that what was stunning to me is, like, in every one of those pick and rolls, Gal- uh, Gallo, yeah, another one who's not great at defense. Um, yeah, you want to score, just <laughs> try to ISO on Gallo. Yeah. They, what Houston was doing was doing the pick and roll where they would lob over over uh, Jokic, rather than boxing out. I mean, adjusting and boxing out his his guy, which is Clint Capella. He would go over to who Harden or Beverly, and stay there, and every single time they would lob over him, every time. And I, I, it's like, it's one of those things where or people. If you okay, you if insanity is the definition of you know uh, doing the same thing twice every time and not expe- and expecting a different different result. Well, exactly, that's what this was, yeah. and I don't understand why he never adjusted and just said, okay, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to let kind of ease off, let the guard take uh, Harden, or at least try to stay in front of him. If you if Harden gets that layup, okay, but at least you're giving Gary Harris like. Your presence there is going to at least kind of help Gary Gary Harris without you. But the the, big, mo, the most important thing is, even if that lob is missed, you're out of position. You're not you're not in front of the player. You're not boxing him out. He's free to go to the rim, yeah. Regardless, and it happened every single time. And people on on Twitter are trying to blame the guards for this. And yeah, Houston he, was doing this because they know Jokic can't jump. Yeah, and that's it. A couple things come to mind with that, all right? One is Jokic is such a gifted basketball mind. I mean, you you know he knows better on defense. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's a it's the it's the fact that yes, he has his limitations, but he also is such a crafty player and I've seen him be crafty on defense and and do things on defense that make him successful that it comes down to an effort thing with him, and he's showing no effort right now, and that's a, a huge problem. Or he's showing not no effort, but he's not showing great effort. Carelessness. Yes, and the other part that it comes back to is he's got to get in better shape. Yes. I mean, that's if we're going to sit here and say, well, he's he's got so much of an offensive load that he's got he's got to take some off on defense. That's an excuse. Part of it comes back to to conditioning. If he, he's got to get in shape where he's able to contest some of these plays that are above the rim, and he's got to be able to move laterally better. He's got to be stronger. He's got to get in better conditioning. I've said this over and over. People are like, no, Jeff, you don't. Take a look at – there's a, some videos on Nuggets.com or on the Nuggets YouTube page, Denver Nuggets, where they do the jokes with Joker. Take a look at that, and then take a look at some of the recent interviews he's done in the locker room and see the dramatic difference in body. From that to this, Jokic has gained a significant amount of weight, and it's not muscle. Well, and the other thing, too, it's, 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 it's really hard to, to stay on top of that stuff in season. So he's got to try to make a commitment to it in the off season. But again, he's got his obligations with the Serbian national team. It's going to be hard for him to really transform himself when all he's doing is playing basketball. That's what I worry about. And, and again, you know, it, it comes back to, you know, overseas players it's there's not an emphasis on being in an actual 
gym with weights yeah. and with cardio equipment. It's yeah. a focus on the basketball floor, and that's going to take you so far. But, you know, if he is going to make another leap or make a commitment to something, it's got to be to get in better conditioning I'm not and, da- and to not, be in better shape. I'm not damning Jokic when I'm, when I'm with this. He's can, he can adjust to this, and he's savvy enough player, both defense and conditioning. He's savvy enough to, to where he can recognize this. I, and and ad- just address it a little bit, but that that's been an issue. And you, uh, there was the what was it the Lakers game or was it the game after? Uh, who did they play after the Lakers? It was uh, the Lakers. Was that the last? No, I, I forget which one. But it was the game after. Uh, it was the Gallo. That was the first one. Gallo and Chandler out together, and the Nuggets won that game. And was it the Mo- Bucks? No, no. Uh, Malone put him back in in the fourth quarter. It was the one where uh, Plumley was trying to get the triple double. It was like both of them trying to get a triple double. Oh yeah, that was a bad game because it was like whatever team was resting a bunch of guys. Ah, uh, oh, it was the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers not okay. resting there. Yeah, no Blake and no DeAndre. And Malone puts him back in. And in the fourth quarter, you could tell Jokic was completely gassed, even though he hadn't actually played a lot in that game. Oh, well, that was a, he, he didn't get tired in that until, like, the five-minute mark, It was though. a five-minute mark. Because he played it, the entire quarter, which was asinine. Which was another thing when you talk about Malone. But, no, actually, he didn't actually play the entire quarter. He played, I think they put him in, like, the eight- or nine-minute mark. They yeah. had Plumlee at the he, beginning of the quarter, didn't no. they? No, it was Jokic the whole quarter because I was pissed off because I thought we were coming, coming into the fourth quarter saying, hey, it's Plumlee watch. There too, he I didn't put Plumlee in until, like— he looked, I mean, but he didn't play a Way lot late. before that. He did not play a lot. The, the Nuggets were up by a lot in that game. And, he, in fact, I remember he barely played in the first half. It was a lot of Plumlee in the first half. So it, he didn't actually play a ton, but he got in the end of that fourth quarter for no reason because I think the Nuggets were up by 20 going yeah. into the fourth. He puts, for, for inexplicably, puts uh, Jokic back in there. And Jokic was kind of lethargic. and He was okay at the beginning. He, he slowed down halfway through that quarter. Because he got his triple-double, I think, in the third quarter. Because there, there was a point in that scenario, Jeff, that you were talking about where I saw him literally, he wasn't crossing the three-point line on either side. He went three-point line to three-point line. Are you telling me he was, he pulling, was, he was pulling an Oliver Miller? <laughs> yeah, he was looking <laughs> tired. But, I, and, and again, you know, like we're saying, it's, 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 it's just faults in his game right now. And, and, you know, Jokic is an excellent, excellent offensive player. He's a bad defensive player right now. And we need to see, you know, not that we need to see, but there has to be a commitment from him. Do you want to yeah. be a good NBA player or do you want to be a great one? Do you want to be on a, you know, the best player on a decent team or do you want to be the best player on a really good team? He's going to have to set the tone and decide what he wants for his career. And it's going to start by getting in better shape and paying more attention to the defensive end and becoming the leader of this team. There is a lineup that I love. It's... Murray, Harris, Gallo, Wilson, Jokic. Okay, that is a great, great all-around lineup. It's brutal. I mean, brutal in a good way, uh, offensively. And they are absolutely stunningly amazing. And what I'm leading to there is Murray in those situations with those players kinds of kind of shines. There, I think there's some lineups that are hindering uh, of Jamal Murray, and I think it's whenever Jameer is the point guard and he's playing the two. Anytime Jamal Murray, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of scenarios too where Murray's out there with Barton where Barton is the, uh, by the way, who, who the hell told Barton that he's the point guard? Malone. But he's also told Jamal Murray that he's the backup point guard. Uh, it was like a couple weeks ago where he was talking about Jamal uh, being taking the point back of point guard minutes, and he said that, uh, "Well, we got Barton in there, and he relieves the play. The, he play. He can play a lot of point too, yeah. and he relieves the playmaking ability for from uh, or uh, relieves some of the playmaking from uh, Jamal." That was and some. You mean all? <laughs> you know, I mean, he he basically dominates it for the most part. Uh, yeah. I, I, I want to see. I want to see more Murray. I, like, like you're saying, I think that you know when you're playing with better combinations, you're going to be a better player. When you're playing with you know guys that are sharing the ball, there's a lot of instances where the Nuggets find these right combinations where they're really sharing the ball. Even even uh, last night, there was a play where it might have been a possession or two before Jameer's air ball, where the Nuggets were moving the ball around. 
and then they're moving it around the court, and it got to Jameer, and he fumbled the pass, and you could see that he was planning on catching it and hot potatoing it for what would have been a wide-open three. He wound up uh, – he didn't catch the ball cleanly, and I think it was a. I think they winded up turning it over somehow. He might have got stolen, or maybe he just missed a shot or something. It was a bad possession. But you can see that there's there's instances and there's long stretches in these games where they play the right way, and it just feels like at the end of these games, I think it's in their head now that they just can't execute or something. It's. I don't think it's a lack of a closer thing. Uh, honestly, I I think uh, the whole closer thing is kind of a. Whatever guy dominates the ball, asks for the ball. I mean, that's generally what it is. But I think in a, in a larger sense, they need Jokic to step up and say, "Give the ball to me." Well, when you're let's go back away from that because we we hit that too much. I don't want to bring it back to that. I'll, I'll I'll switch it by saying what you were saying, Jeff. There's a lot of encouragement with lineups that feature all the young guys. In fact, I, I tend to prefer those over lineups that are mixed with veterans. Uh, when you have Murray, Harris, Wancho, Jokic, even or Plumlee out there, I mean that's a damn fun lineup to watch. Yeah, you know, and those guys, whether it's the young guys just knowing what makes the offense flow better, or if they're starting to defer to Jokic more for whatever reason it is, because they know they're going to get the easy shots, because they know that he's the guy that should have the ball. When Jokic plays with other young guys, there's a pecking order. Even with Plumlee now, Plumlee's yeah. deferring more to Jokic. Even when we're with the position he's taking on offense, he's you know basically saying a lot of times, "Okay, and now I like Plumlee is finding his way. The Nuggets as a young team are finding their way." I'm kind of like, man, maybe Denver really should have tried to move Gallo and Chandler at the deadline. Because they're going to lose Gallo now. More than likely, he's going to walk in free agency for nothing. And I don't know what you'd call that term. Is that uh, sunk cost effect or something where I'm, I'm going to be upset that he leaves for no return? You know? Like, well, I mean, shit, I'd take a second-round pick at this point. Well, I mean, it, it, it depends on what <laughs> you... something. It depends on what you value Gallo at. Right. I mean, when Matumbo left for nothing, that was... Devastated. He was your best player was, and left for nothing. He was, I mean, basically your your, your franchise cornerstone. You allowed Gallo is not that. Okay, but, but the problem as much is, as I like Gallo, he's not like that. And the problem is, is Gallo has been so good with Jokic the last two weeks that it's that's where you're going to feel that pain of uh But then it's like, do we really want to go into next season with as, as Adam Mares had pointed out? Gallo averaging 54 games played a season. Like you just, at some point, you got to just say it's over. And same thing with Chandler. Chandler's played in a ton of games this year. He's been, you know, pretty steady for them. But when they need them, when the Nuggets need them the most, they're both hurt at the same time. And it's like that's kind of a. It's not good. It's it's kind of what it's been their whole their Nuggets whole careers, their right? whole Nuggets careers. And we could talk about other circumstances within the organization that. I wish they would change, but there is a there is a there is a a cost effect, and I hate using that because it's a, it like it reduces people to, to numbers. But in the in the grand scheme of things, Gallo is twenty eight years old. He'll be twenty nine in the off season. Uh, Wilson Chandler is twenty nine. He'll be thirty. At some point, you got to say, "All right, thank you for your six and a half." years with the organization we have to move on i think with gallo it's really not even the in the organization's choice he's an unrestricted free agent he could do whatever the hell he wants to do has nothing to do with the nuggets if gallo seriously wanted to come back to the nuggets um then there would be conversations happening where people thought they were positive notes would be being made and we have heard nothing like that not that they can talk about contracts now but there would be kind of this comfort, and there's no comfort with it. And I think that I think that is where we kind of are led to believe Gallo will walk. Well, then you got Wilson behind him, and if like you want to keep Wilson, Wilson's kind of made it abundantly clear he's not happy. And he's under contract, which yeah. is the stickier part where you'd have to trade him. And for whatever reason, they didn't trade him at the deadline. Whether it's you know we've rehashed it so many times, whether it's wanting to keep him for a playoff push, whether they didn't get the deal they wanted. 
that's going to be revisited at the draft, right? Yep. Like that's the only yep. the only other opportunity you're going to have to move guys is at the draft. Gallo's not in that scenario because he's a free agent. Chandler is in that scenario. You know, is there a chance where this is where you start talking now about okay, could the Nuggets have traded Chandler, Nurkic, and that Memphis pick plus their pick to move up or to do something in this draft? All that stuff's out the window. Now they have Chandler and their pick to try to move up or try to trade for a veteran player with. Well, let me let me throw this at you. Um, before the podcast, Nate and I were looking through the free agent list for, for this next year, <laughs> and it was pretty pretty bleak. <laughs> it's um, bad. But let's put it to you this way. And the Nuggets are going to have a shit ton of money to spend. Yes. Let me, let me just throw this out there. Gallo and Wilson... If, if you see Gallo is unrestricted, if Wilson was a free agent, both of them would be of the free agent crop would be very close to the top of the list, especially at position of at at a premium position. I think people are looking at this thinking at thinking in a vacuum with the Nuggets, and it's like really in reality these two. If they, I mean Gallo specifically, he's played this well. He's going to be making his, a shit ton of money. Yeah, if you're going to sign a small forward, it's. Restricted Joe Ingles, it's restricted Shabazz Muhammad, unrestricted or restricted Andre Roberson. Like it's it's it, ugly. They're out all there. restricted, and we'll put it to you this way: if the Nuggets chose to trade Wilson Chandler, this off season would probably be the best time to do it because there's no real wing players on the free agency market. But the funniest thing about the whole scenario of Denver, you know, looking to trade Gallo and Chandler is that they need to trade them for younger versions of themselves because <laughs> they need a, a small forward back. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, what are you going to trade Chandler for that's going to be beneficial for your team other than a draft pick and a hope? You know, you're not going to trade Chandler for a, for Otto Porter, let's say. You know, yeah. I mean, you're not yeah. going to be able to trade him for a, an up-and-coming wing player because teams need those. You know? Well, that's where the Nuggets will probably go into the draft, depending on what they do in the offseason and if they make the playoffs. You know, uh, I think people hope uh, that'll be my end rant here. But I think that I think that depending on what the Nuggets can do, they can they'll hit a, a point where the people will be asking about Wilson Chandler because they think he's available. Well, that's the point where you say, like, there's no the Nuggets have basically the market cornered on on good wings like um well, not Jake, really. like well i mean i'm just saying <laughs> gallo's technically not I mean, on the yeah, team gallo's head is technically gone but i mean wilson i'd much rather have wilson than all the other available wings right so then you start thinking like now now here's here's where denver might have been smart in making chandler unhappy by not trading him at the deadline now you have the offseason where what does the offseason bring? Hope, right? Every team has an opportunity to win the title yep. in, you know, June. So maybe they can find a home for him. Hopefully not with, like, Portland. We need to stop trading Portland guys <laughs> to make their team better. Um, Although the Afalo trade worked out kind of. Yeah, the Afalo trade. We did steal Will Barton from them, right? Yeah. The, uh, we, I should and say. And who who, the Portland picked ended up being what? Who last year? Uh, Beasley or? Uh, yeah, it was Beasley. Was it Beasley? Yeah, yeah. Wancho was the Rockets pick. Yeah, so Denver may have some more options with Chandler this offseason. Maybe they can, you know, maybe you move him to... I don't, I don't know where you move him, but I think you have more options than just the Raptors or the Clippers that you had at the deadline or maybe bought whoever the hell it was that wanted him uh, and didn't have anything to give up. Maybe now you get something for him, um, but it, it, it does seem like perhaps he wants to move on, so maybe allow that to happen. And, uh, you know, again, I, with the Nuggets, you know, I, I, I tweet out earlier too, I think the Nuggets are 6-10 and 10 in games where – Gallo doesn't play, and they're four and six or something when Chandler doesn't play, yeah. and they're two and four when both of them are out of lineup together. So it's not doom and gloom if you lose those guys. I think there's enough there to replace them, and I, I honestly think that Wancho should start next season. I, I, there's a great debate of what position should he play. Uh, on the Dunked On podcast, Nate Duncan seemed to indicate that 
Wancho has a lot more value as a, or maybe not value, but a lot more, yeah, a lot more value to the team as a stretch four than he does as a small forward. I think he's a four. You do really? Yes. I, I, Malone seems to think he's a three, but uh, maybe I, I maybe that's Malone's just wrong. because of how the Nuggets are built right now. I think the the Nuggets, if they're smart, they have to play him at a four the four spot because he is. I think he his rebounding and his stretch four ability is much more valuable there. Yes, uh, but defensively, but, it's a disaster. But look at look at. Look at what the, what they did with Gallo this year. He spent a lot of time playing power forward this year. Gallo had he's been had spent a lot of time guard, guarding fours, and he's been most effective guarding fours. And Gallo, I didn't think yeah, he played much power speci- forward at all this no, year. Specifically, uh, actually, they've been having uh, Wilson. Is, Wilson. Is, they've been having Wilson Chandler cover, cover the wings. Uh, okay, they've been having. I mean, this is just the way that has worked out, and it's really worked really well. So I, I think that if you're going to do that, you're going to ha- kind of like think okay Wancho you should cover B4 and then you try to get a, a playmaking wing so my, my deal with, with Wancho at the 4 is I'm nervous about what he does defensively which is nothing right now then you're going to have a Wancho Jokic defensive pairing that's going to allow 160 points per possession <laughs> or 160 yeah I don't know like, what, does Wancho, what does Wancho do defensively he's skinny he's not strong very skinny and he can't protect the rim I, 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 he is all that screen a lot small skinnier than I think he was when he worked out I think he's actually lost weight isn't he built a lot like a young Danilo Gallinari uh, no young Gallo was really really thick he was um, thick yeah uh, I don't remember him being that way at all. Yeah, look at remember that video. I think he looks a lot thicker as a nugget than he did as a Nick. Um, remember that video where he uh, dunked on Hibbert? Just yeah. watch that again. He was broad, and I mean, Gallo's got a bigger, Gallo's got a bigger uh, frame. He was a nugget. No, he was a, uh, a Nick when he did that jump. Look at the highlight package again. It was an early, 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 early dunk. It was like 2010. Oh God. Um, he anyway. I don't know. I, I don't see. I don't see Wancho as the ideal four for Jokic at all. I think. It, I think it would be a disaster. Even though I do like Wancho as a four, I don't like him as a four with Jokic. And maybe I'll be proven wrong down the line. But well, what does you, Gallo you, do that makes him better as a four in an offensive set? Than, I don't care about offense at all. I think. I think defensively is where you're going to run into problems okay. with, with Jokic and Wancho. Wancho can't defend a fly right now. He's he's always out of position, which is which is interesting. I thought I thought he would be a little better than that. I don't think he gets bullied so much. He just he has trouble guarding uh, penetration, and I think well that's something Gallo has trouble with. Um, there, so maybe that's why he's better suited as a four, right? Yeah. If he is not as good as a perimeter guy, if he can defend kind of the bigger, slower fours or something. You can hide guys on bigger guys. I mean, because it's a lot of their, their game is not the same. I mean, look at look at uh, uh, Anderson from uh, at Houston. Uh, he, I was going to say Nick Anderson, but no, he's that's a completely different guy. Um, <laughs> Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson. I kept uh, wanting to say David Anderson. <laughs> Nick Anderson missed two free throws. In that. No, um, Ryan Anderson has a really slight. I mean, it's not a thin body frame like Wancho, but it's not much heavier. And he's a stretch. He plays exclusively the four for he the Houston. He does, but Houston has a rim protecting five in Clint yeah, Capella. This is true. The and Nuggets this is where don't Jokic have com- that. This is where Jokic complicates things. And then it's like, you know, so let's say you play Wancho at three. Is that going to give Malone the anchoring to play Plumley at four? Which I hate. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't mind it when they share the floor together. I don't like it if they're starting. I think it's boneheaded at best. Uh, again, then it's like, well, I mean, you have Fareed under contract. He's going to be your starting power forward next season, and unless Fareed they trade is him. Not a rim protector. I think he's a much better rim protector than any other options they have on the team. He's he's the best rim protector on the team. He is, and he's not really even that good. Which is which is tells you the state of their rim protection. <laughs> um, which is what you know. That's kind of an overrated stat. I mean, you don't always need a rim protector. But I mean, especially cuz you're not going to ideally have one at the four spot when you're going to be covering a lot of fours that are hovering around the three-point line, right? Yeah. Like so you're going to be covering probably more guys like Ryan Anderson than you are like Zach Randolph as It'll a be four. interesting to, to me to see with especially since I scanned the incoming class. I noticed a lot of a lot of bigs who can shoot the three but they make their hay kind of closer to the basket. Yeah. 
like this, uh, what is this, uh, Mo Wagner in uh, uh, Michigan, who really impressed me that last game they played against uh, Louisville. Just uh, It was like he's a big guy who can shoot a three, but he, he really made his hay like a traditional big guy. It's interesting to watch that a lot of these guys coming in will be like that. It makes me wonder what kind of how the league will look. This is just we don't have to respond to this one. This is just Jeff ranting. I wonder how the league will look after this this draft class comes in. You know, you got a lot of great wings, um, some twos and some good threes, um, and a, and a tons of point guards, tons of punt point guards, a lot of that element of it. But you got a lot of good bigs too, yeah. and. It's going to be interesting to watch how, how the league shapes up after that. So, but I love I, that kid at Michigan State. I like Josh Jackson. Who's Hello. that kid at uh, Who's that kid at uh, Arizona? Um, Arizona. I like that guy too. That what's his name? Uh, Lankinen. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, some he's like good. Swedish type name yeah. or something. I like yeah, him. He's good. And he, so here's uh, yeah, it's a great point. I, I love the the talent in this draft, and it's going to reshape the NBA in a few seasons. Um, how are you feeling about the Nuggets? If they make the playoffs, if they don't, are you leaning either way? Do you still okay, want to I want them in? to make the playoffs, yeah. and I'm going to still hope for them to make the playoffs. And I'm really, to my point, I'm getting sick of the pessimism. <laughs> it's just driving me nuts. And I think I, I, I was thinking about this actually on the drive over because I was having a text conversation with you and uh, uh, a couple other guys we know, and uh, it, it was. it occurred to me that I think people get addicted to misery. <laughs> well, it's not so much. I, don't, I, I think it's more of, of guys, perhaps, like, like even myself, I find myself more you know, emotionally invested with this team of being like, like last night, I don't, I don't even want to watch that Rockets game again because it make, makes me sick to watch the last Contra- three possessions. Okay, now contrast that with how we felt last year. Right. So, I mean, and that's where I'm going with this yeah. is saying that people are starting to care. You know what I mean? And it's like these losses – it hurts if they don't make the playoffs. It's going to hurt because it's like shit. We were expecting it. We wanted it, you know, for can't, these guys to do it. Can't protect yourself. If people here, here is the perfect example of this. You brought up the Portland game uh, when and the Nuggets uh, it was like 2004 uh, when Melo hits that shot, and I'm thinking about that. And it's like. Yeah, it's okay to be disappointed. The electric, the arena was fucking electric when he hit that shot. Yeah, it's okay to be disappointed because I, I tell you what, that means you're invested and that means you care. And I prefer that crap over basically what has we've had the last two years, three years, complete apathy. No one giving a fuck. Going, why are they winning these games? They need to lose. They need to lose. And you know what? I think people are still <laughs> kind of trapped in that we need to lose mentality because. They're like, oh, well, no, no, we need, we need to give up and now think about the draft, which I think is loser mentality. Get that out of your head. The Nuggets are still a half game up, and they're still in the eighth spot, yeah. and people have already giving up like a bunch of losers, and it's driving <laughs> me insane. Why are you – are you fans, or are you just a bunch of idiots on the Internet? Yeah. Because I, I – it, it drives me nuts to see this because I, I, it's been four years since the 57-win team. And if you don't take any, like, sort of investment, like, encouragement of your team, I've seen outright hostility towards the Nuggets. Two games ago, they were on a four-game winning streak. Everything felt good, <laughs> had a two-and-a-half game lead. And now people want to, now, and that's, that's a sign that people care, which is great. But I want people to, like, still root for them to make the playoffs. Because right now, people are kind of like, well, maybe it's better if they lose, and they're like emotionally protecting themselves. That's loser talk. Stop doing that. God. And I've had. Uh, <laughs> I, I I feel like like I still want them to make the playoffs. I think that it would be a very entertaining series if they're able to play the Warriors. Imagine in them one. playing the Warriors in the first round. Yeah, they'll probably lose all four games, or maybe they sneak one. But still. It'll be fun. I think it'll, it'll be exciting. Be, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I do think, and I knew this was going to be the scenario. I, 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 and Denver's, like you said, they're still a half a game up, and it feels like they're two games back. But the funny thing is, is Portland owns the tie. They're, they own the tiebreaker no matter what happens on March 28th. Uh, they're going to own the tiebreaker over the Nuggets. And just because Portland's in the I, I think that Portland is now in the driver's seat for the eighth seed, which isn't the worst thing in the world. If the Nuggets do make the playoffs, and Jeff, I think you said this, it, it, it shows that they actually earned it because they're going to have to 
They're going to have to go on a streak. They're going to have to win some games. I have Denver down just off that. Uh, I wrote an article on CSG last week looking at the final 15, and so far the Nuggets have gone exactly to plan. They beat the Clippers, and they lost twice to the Rockets. That's what I had them doing. They're still okay in that scenario. Uh, I had them losing coming up. I have them losing to, like, Miami, the Pacers, the Hornets. Like, I have some They'll bad beat the losses. Pacers. So Denver can still get in this thing. It's just going to be a lot more difficult, which isn't a bad thing, right? Like, If it was going to be a nice, easy, breezy cakewalk, then you're not going to be a struggling team getting to the eight seed. Right. You know, you're going to be up like number three where the Rockets are. And I think that people have these, this weird expectation of, of the way things should be. Losses are going to happen, but you know what? These last two losses, the Nuggets showed a lot. You know, as much as we criticize a lot of things at the end of the game. Yeah, we're nit- we're having to nitpick these games because it's like, oh, they should have done this and this and this. And it's like, the, the, honestly, we should have been talking about the Rockets. Man, they beat Denver by 30. What's Denver doing? Yes. And that didn't happen. We're talking about Denver not being able to out-execute a title-contending team. Supposedly, the Rockets are a good team. They should have blown the Nuggets out in Houston last night, and they didn't. And and people are like, well, you know, it's whatever they need to win. You know, I'm going to go to the back room and I'm going to put on uh, you know, my chemical romance and I'm going to weep. And you know what? That's the like, like that's such a wrong attitude to have. You should everyone should be encouraged by these wins because they came without Gallo and Chandler. And you know what? At the very least, it points to something good for the future, right? Yeah, right. So get wipe off those fucking tears. Put your big boy pants on and cheer for the Nuggets. They're playing Cleveland on Wednesday. Grow up. There it is. That's it for us, guys. We're out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.